everybody, welcome to Lighthouse Church Spiritual Warfare Podcast. My name is Ben Hobson. I'm here with David Thomas. Hi, everybody. This is take two. Yes. <laughs> From a very confused Benjamin. <laughs> I really mucked it up. Because I, I have to introduce both podcasts that we do. I got mucked up and I was thinking about this other one. And... He was thinking about his beautiful wife. Yeah, preaching for the second time. Yeah, she is good. Um, this week we're starting a new chapter in the Spiritual Warfare Handbook and the chapter is entitled Weapons Training. So we're going to be look at weapons training and just what that involves. This week we're going to just have the introduction, but hopefully it'll be fairly in-depth introduction. It will be. So hey, will do you be. just want to introduce us to the concept? Yeah, what does yeah. it mean, weapons training? Weapons training is get to know your weapons and how to use them effectively and get to know the enemy's weapons and how to use your defensive weapons effectively against the enemy's weapons. And also probably be careful of not using enemy weapons. Yeah, like you were talking about yeah. last week. So, yeah, so we, we're we going to be today just dabbling in a few little things, but these dabbles are pretty pretty key, pretty um, deep. Yeah. So the, so the introduction, we're going to just throw a couple of things around, but we might end up focusing in on a couple of areas of the introduction um, later in the on next, in the next couple of sec- podcast sections before yeah. we actually go into describing the weapons a Christian uses mm. uh, because the Bible specifically and clearly talks about the weapons of our warfare are powerful to the tearing down of strongholds and we need to know what they are and how to use them. Mm. You know, oftentimes Christians can name weapons, yeah, but how to use them in the right context, in the right situation, that's what we're going to be looking at. I and think one of the most, yeah. most like, when we did the, I was still a new Christian, one or two years, I think, but I never had foundation teaching. When you took us through the armor of God, I still remember that, and you talked specifically <laughs> about what each armor piece means. Yes. Like I had always just said, I just put on my belt of truth. I had no concept about what the belt of truth actually meant. Yeah. So it's it's good. Like we're going to go in depth and talk about yeah. exactly what these things are. I'm sure. I'm sure many Christians have uh, done this. I've done this, where you've woken up each morning and you prayed the armor of God onto yourself and yeah. said, "Lord, I put the helmet of salvation on. I put this on. I put that on. I put the other on, and I walk out with my sword out, the Word of God, and off you go. And yeah. You 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 walk into work and bang, you get hammered. And, and the armor just like flies off, <laughs> yeah. And you sit reeling for the rest of the day, wondering what on earth happened what to you. What was me? the good of that armor? Exactly. It didn't do anything. One of the things I'm also wanting to talk about in this section is uh, to understand the difference between a, a, a an enemy weapon impact on your armor and on your weapons, as opposed to an enemy weapon impact on you wounding you. Yeah, that's really important. Oftentimes, Christians um, will give up before they've even been hammered and hit. Definitely. My um, my friend Barry and I, we, we talk in this life transformation group where we talk fortnightly, just meet up and have a chat. And we were both, <laughs> we came last week, and we were both sort of just like, oh, you know that look you can see in other people's eyes where they're just a bit tired. And we sort of talked about it and realized that we weren't overwhelmed we were just battle tired. We were just just long days, physical tiredness, and spiritually tired, but we were not overwhelmed. And it was just from that constant holding of the shield, constant you know raising it up and fighting that we were tired, but we were not wounded, as you say. Mm. So it's really important because it can feel it can feel the same way. Well, later on, we're going to talk about how to fight from rest. Yeah, which is going to be yeah. important too. Yeah. 
Everything we say is important. Everything <laughs> the Bible says. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. For sure. Uh, one of the things, one of the things that I'm going to suggest that you do before we look at uh, tactical targeting right now is um, just re re. No, no, that's the wrong word. Re- think about think about what we've been doing so far yep. on the warfare podcast, but especially focus in on the last section of the enemy where we discuss the aim and objective of what the enemy tries to do when he attacks. That is crucial to understand how he uses his his weapons. Mm. Now, that section, together with the five factors, obviously also uh, recruitment and training, which is knowing God, knowing yourself, knowing the enemy, and getting yourself trained up, is, is crucial for you to begin to understand how to handle your weapons now. Yes. Now, before we actually look at weapons and weapons platforms, and I doubt we'll get to the construction of a weapons platform. I'm really hoping we do. Because <laughs> when you mention that, con- like, I have no idea what it is, but weapons well, I've actually, platforms. I've actually taught it to you before, have but you? I've just got this cool name for it now. Oh, really? <laughs> you just put a new gloss of paint on it. Yeah, this cool name of a weapons platform. A, wep- <laughs> a weapons platform is effectively, we're going to look at um, how the enemy, how, how a, de- a demon is a weapons platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, a demon car- is, 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 is a, a means of carrying various types of weapons to come in against you and hammer you. So before we actually look at that, what we're going to do is look at tactical targeting, the three areas that the enemy is going to target you in. And uh, we, we, first of all, we're going to start with Eve. We're going to look at Satan, how he did it himself. We're going to look at how he did it to Jesus. And then we're going to just mess around with how we, how he does it to you and how how it looks like when it comes to you. So Eve. Eve, yeah. Garden of Eden, way back when, Eve standing there, Adam silent besides her, the devil comes in, Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 6, and he begins to talk to Eve about what God said and what God did. Yeah. Now, if you ever want to identify uh, a sin or a temptation, when it, when, when it starts to come in against you, whether it is from your flesh, remember your flesh, or yes. whether it is from external, a demonic attack using the system of the world or a direct demonic attack, you will always be able to identify an attack and a temptation against you because it does one of two things. One, it questions God's word, and two, it questions God's goodness. Mm. Now, if you sit down and actually think about that, you can identify every argument against God. Mm. You've 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 been having a few little battles over the internet. Yeah, I have been right. having a few battles over the internet with a few. Um, ah, there's an atheists and biblical discussion page on Facebook where they were they were actually trolling. Yeah, and they trolling. I think trolling. the word is okay. yeah, trolling like, like, like a troll. Like, like trolls. Yeah. All right, and then they came onto our our youth page. Yeah, and Ben answered <laughs> the atheists. Okay, but 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 if you think about their arguments, if you think about the arguments, they either question God's word mm. or they question God's goodness. That is exactly that's, what that's they the do, core yeah. of the argument. It is, and you'll be able to identify, no matter where, no matter how the enemy comes in and attacks you, you'll be able to identify. Um, this is what he did himself. You know, you can go and read in Isaiah uh, fourteen, and you can go and read in Ezekiel twenty-eight. Now, Isaiah fourteen. 
the prophets actually talking against the king of Babylon. But he talks, but but he mentions certain things that a human being can't is, is not capable of or, or cannot be in a position to be doing. And so he's prophesying to the king of Babylon, but he's also prophesying to the spirit that's behind the king of Babylon. Right. Same goes for Ezekiel, king of Tyre. All right. I'm not going to read the scriptures because it's going to just take up too much time. No, pretty big. But um, Isaiah 14, 12 to 15, Ezekiel 28, 11 to 19, you can go and read those scriptures and, and, and check them out. But <clears throat> Lucifer, called the day star, he was perfect in every way. So why did he sin? Yeah. He questioned God. He looked at himself and he said, and, and you know, the, the funny thing is, the very questions that Satan probably raised within himself is some of the lies that he gives to people that are atheists, to people that are in the New Age movement. Surely, I should also be God. Yeah, and that's so apparent in so many of their their discussions where they're talking about the morality of the, yeah. the Old Testament, the morality of God. They're like, surely, why does God yeah. command yeah. this? I know better than God. I'm all not just say, you're not God. You can't possibly yeah, yeah. know. <laughs> and so those are the two standard things. If you want to identify something, those are the two standard things. I mean, verse 17 of Ezekiel 28. Your heart was proud and lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom. You corrupted your wisdom. Mm. Interesting. Yes. You know, uh, for the sake of your splendor. You know, in, in Isaiah, he talks about the five I wills. So for you becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, for you becoming a warrior of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is actually crucial for you to know those three things of Sun Tzu. Know yourself, know, your, know God, know the, know the enemy, and you won't have to worry about the outcome of a battle. Mm-hmm. So there's an intimacy with God, understanding who you are, understanding the enemy, but now I'm going to add something to that. In that intimacy and relationship with God... You need to know your weapons. You need to know your word. You need to know how to use your word. Mm. Because what he's going to come and do is he's going to come and question God to you. He's going to come and question God and his goodness to you. And he's going to come and question God's word to you. That does not change. Yeah. No matter what temptation he throws at you, that does not change. He, has, he didn't even change that for Jesus. I was just going to say, that exactly sounds like Jesus when he was uh, called out for his 40 days of fasting. Is that where you're going to get to now? Going to get there. Soon? Yeah. Okay, I'll just <laughs> back off from that. <laughs> going back to Eve now, going back to Eve. Now, now what are, what, and th- this, is, this will be interesting because this is going to add, I need to say that Ben loves apologetics. I do, I love him. He loves, he loves uh, defending the gospel against I love, these. I love the picture of my brain like a muscle that yeah. I work out like in the gym, like where you work out your muscles. It's my brain. It's a muscle. I love exercising that for God. It's, if you it's go to our youth page on Facebook, um, I think you can probably pick up the arguments that yeah. Ben used. Very good. I recommend it. Ben, ben was really good. But here's, here's the thing, Ben. Um, if you do not know how to use the Word of God effectively, if you add to God's Word... You, you start to step into the area of the modern-day cults. Yes. If you take away from God's Word, you step into the area of Christian liberal theology. Yes. And liberation theology. And so you start with veering off the central authority of God's Word. Now, that's where the devil wants to take you. So if you do not know God's Word, that's where he's going to take you. Mm. Yeah. 
He's going to challenge your understanding of God and he's going to hit you in yourself. Really? God's doing this to you. How dare he? Yeah. That's... You know? Why didn't God do this for Why? me? Yeah, exactly. Why did God allow this to happen to me? Oh, I don't believe that in the word of God. That's in the Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems to be a lot what they um, they tend to be to tend to be discussing is, you know, I don't like the idea of God, so therefore he doesn't exist. Which is this kind of relativism thing that we got going on in society where everything is relative to the person, which is just, I know we're getting a bit off topic here, but it's just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And I just, it's exactly right. Unless you align when you're ministering to people, when you're defending the faith, which is what apologetics is, if you don't just rely everything straight on the Bible and God's word, you're, you might as well be arguing in so because it's ridiculous to think that you're defending this text while you're shifting it to support yeah. their views. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is what we'll come. To, this is what we're going to be coming to when we start to look at the Christian weapons and how to use Christian weapons in the right context mm. and how to use them effectively within the right context. And we'll be talking about situations like, for example, how do you deal with an atheist coming in and slamming you? How do you deal with a Jehovah Witness coming in and using Philippians? against you you know and 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 we'll be looking at the various ways in which you can apply the word of god know your weapons know how to use them Mm. um what 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 adam and eve should have done in the garden of eden jesus christ did in the desert you know so adam and eve adam was silent yeah he just stood by and eve bought in to what the devil was saying because she thought God was holding out on her, maybe I don't know what, you know. And so, and 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 and, what we've got to learn to do is we've got to learn to to handle the trials and temptations that we find in a biblical manner. And this is this is what weapons training is all about. So in Ephesians six sixteen it says, um, "Lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith." upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. Okay? Yeah. So we're going to talk about where those flaming missiles are aimed at, how are they aimed at. I mean, Eve allowed her mind and her emotions to be influenced by the devil when he launched this attack against her. We planted these seeds, these missiles, into her thought process. Um, doubt, pride. So, so for example... The food, the fruit mm. was good. She liked what she saw. Yeah. You know, it appealed to her physical desires, her, her bodily desires. Um, it, 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 it was good to eat. It was pleasant. It probably smelled wonderful. And, and, and what else in her soul? She desired to become wise. She thought God was holding out on her, so she wanted to become wise. Mm. Um, a threefold attack in 1 John 2.16 for all that is in the world, the lusts of the flesh, Amplified Version says, craving for sensual gratification, the lust of the eyes, greedy longing of the mind, and the pride of life. In other words, assurance of one's own resources or the ability of earthly things. These do not come from the Father, but are from the world itself. And so what the enemy is going to come in and do is he's going to come in along these three target patterns. Three tactical target areas. Okay. Many years ago, when I was at Bible college, the the old lecturer, 
yeah. would come out and say, you know, every minister that you know of that's fallen. Sorry, those are my alarms <laughs> on my okay. computer. Every minister that you know that has fallen into sin and left the ministry in a, in a, in a disgraceful manner, the three P's, you know, or the three G's. <laughs> and it's like... Whoa, can I get them? Yep. Gl- uh, glitter, girls, and greed? Gold. Yeah, greed, gold. Glitter yep. is gold though, right? Glamour. Glamour. Ah. Glamour. Glamour girls and gold. Pennies, petticoats, and bride. Yep. <laughs> and they're actually pretty, pretty smart. Straight down the line. The temptation and the attack is going to be directed against your body. It's going to be directed against your soul. And it's going to be directed against your spirit. Question God's word. Question God's goodness. Coming in, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Eve got hammered on all of these. Yeah. You know? Where, where does temptation come from? James 3.15 Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. What did... What, um, Ed Murphy. Ed Murphy in Spiritual Warfare Handbook. Oh, he's already three stolen di- that name. Three-dimensional... <laughs> three-dimensional... Uh, spiritual Warfare, according to Ed Murphy, is three-dimensional. Yep. You know, you fight against the flesh, or sin war, system war, spiritual war, supernatural mm. war. And it, and, 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 and it just, wherever you study, you just see these three targeting areas coming up continuously. Now, when, when the devil went into Jesus and, and, and hammered Jesus, same areas of attack. Luke chapter 4. Jesus is hungry. Now notice... He was fasting. Yeah, of course. Well, you know? How long was he fasting? Okay, yeah, 40 days. It's a long fast. But, but, but how, 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 how often during that fast would the devil have tempted him? With food? Yeah. Oh, so often, you, know? you would have think, but I mean, wouldn't you? But I mean, here, here you are, you're fasting, you're getting closer to God, you're trying to hear from God, you're trying to do this, and where, 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 when does the devil attack? Boom, he comes in. You're getting close to God, Sideways. Mm. What is he hitting? Appetite. The body. Physical appetite. If you, if you are the son of God, order the stone to become a loaf of bread. Second attack. He promised to give him what was beautiful, what was covetousness. Okay, so there was an emotional de- desire. So what he did was, he said, you see all these kingdoms. Wow, and he paraded these kingdoms before Jesus you can have them they're yours shortcut just bow down worship me Hmm. third attack spiritual pride you know worldwide recognition can you imagine throwing yourself off the temple and have these angels stopping you from hitting your foot on the ground Hmm. what will what what will people think yeah you are the man hmm Alright? Same attack, different camouflage to Eve. Same attack against us, just different camouflage as it is situated as as it is um, tailored to your individual situation. Mm. But it's the same areas that he's gonna hit you. You know, um, 
on a side note, the devil, the devil didn't leave him alone just there came back and came back in verse 13 of Luke 4 and when the devil had ended every uh, the complete cycle of temptation temporarily left him that is he stood off from him mm-hmm. until another more opportune and favorable time came along and so what we've got to get into our head is as we go into spiritual warfare is 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 a, a correct understanding of how how a battle works because the minute people start understanding, okay, um, when I start to do spiritual warfare, I come alive in spiritual warfare, and we, and we settle down from the two extremes. You know, okay, there's no spiritual warfare, or everything is a demon, and we settle down to the extreme. Basically, the, 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 the next extreme we go to is everything's a fight. I'm always in, at war. Yes. And so now you need to learn how to react to the ambush when it comes, or how to pace yourself through the campaign when you launch a campaign. And, and and understand that the devil will wait for an opportune moment. And so when we go back to studying ground, which we're going to come to once we finish um, weapons training, we go back to ground and we look at the battle and bringing things to bear and where to camp. You know, for example, you know, we're on this campaign, we're going to do spiritual warfare, we're praying for salvation of souls. Do you think the devil's going to leave us alone? No. What is the one? There's a scripture in Deuteronomy, I forgot, I think I've quoted it before. It says, when you camp near the enemy, make sure you have a pure camp. Mm. Interesting little things that you're just picking up here and there. Yeah, it is interesting. <laughs> okay, so... Do we have time for the weapons platform? Um... I'm so keen to get there. I just want to... Uh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll give you an introduction to a weapons platform. <laughs> All everyone, right. I'm, I'm basically, yeah, just... Wanna just wrap this up? Just wrapping this one yep. up. Um, yeah, these three areas of attack. Get to know yourself and get to know the susceptibility you have in these three areas. That's incredibly important, hey. Like when you're talking about the three Ps, just for example, pride... Yes. The pride that I feel in certain things is different to what other people feel pride yes. in. Like, I, I find when I'm talking, when I'm using apologetics on a forum, I have to really watch myself that I don't start to argue just to be the smartest person there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas other people might feel pride in sort of the opposite, feeling prideful that they're going the yep. opposite way and they don't need to argue, that sort of thing. Like, yeah. Well, this... this, this... This leads what what you've said there leads into in, in, into this next section. So we'll deal with this next section a little bit more in depth in the next podcast. Okay. But in in terms of a weapons platform, now a weapons platform is a structure or a system on which a weapon can be mounted. So a fighter aircraft is a weapons platform. Mm-hmm. A ship is a weapons platform. A, a tank is a weapons platform. Huey. So there's yeah. So so there's a. a You've got different types of weapons platforms, but the objective of a weapons platform is to put a weapon on top of it. Yes. Now, what I want to do in the next section is build for you a satanic weapons platform. Okay. All right. Now, look at the scripture here. In uh, Jude 11, woe to them. They have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error, and they have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. Three weapons platforms. I think you have taught this to me before. I have taught it to you before. <laughs> I'm learning again, though. Um, so, 
a demon, a demon, I would say, is a, is, is a weapon platform. Now, when I talk about the Christian and his weapons, the Christian becomes a weapons platform for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because a weapons platform is a system on which weapons are situated on to use. Yes. So a demon has, has a, a number of different weapons that he uses specifically... To, to launch into these three target areas for you. So there will be probably, and, and we'll talk about demons specifically targeted to you, so familiar spirits and demons and the different types of demons that you would face within your ministry, within the sphere of your influence, or if you are leading someone to salvation, the type of demons you need to discern that are, are affecting that person mm. and how to deal with them. So that demon has specific weapons that he will use. So you need to know your susceptibility in the areas of your body, in the areas of your soul, in the areas of, of your, your spirit. So, for example, like you said, there's specific wounds that have been influenced. You need to get those dealt with. Know yourself. you know, And then, and then begin to build a knowledge of your weapons and how to use them so that you can counterattack the attack of the enemy. Mm. The armor of God are, are your defensive weapons to neutralize a, de- a demon. For example, a demon that operates out of the way of Cain or out of Balaam's error or out of Korah's rebellion coming in at you. Now here's something that we're going to talk about a little bit later on as well. Is... And, and I've got to investigate this just a little bit. So this comes with an investigation yeah. pending tag. Yeah. All right. I've, I've already fiddled with it around my sermons on the trees. Remember the trees? Yes, sermons? I do remember the trees. Okay. Now, you, you, you would probably have a demon operating in the way of Balaam's error. Now, that demon operating in the way of Balaam's error can operate both within the church environment or within the occult or false religion environment. Okay. All that happens is the weapon system changes its camouflage to suit its environment. Okay. So it uses the same weapons, but it just changes its camouflage. So it can fit into its surroundings. So you'll have in the church, let me use prophecy as an example. Okay. So you'll have the Holy Spirit as the spirit of prophecy in the church, but you'll have a demon coming in that will give prophecy, which is a false prophe- prophecy. Mm-hmm. So you've got a false spirit, a false religious spirit coming in, giving a false prophecy through a false prophet. And that ha- happens in the church. Yes, it does. Yes. Okay. You can have the same in the New Age movement. Yes. And where would you find them? What would their camouflage be in the New Age movement? false prophet in a new age movement yeah or for someone someone coming to give a word of supernatural knowledge to an individual jeez uh those crystal ball readings yeah there you go i'm reading tarot cards soothsayers mm. but it's the same weapon system because the do- the deceit or error of Balaam is the pretense to offer knowledge. In other words, someone that comes in and claims to have the divine office, and yet they are fully controlled by Satan. And their objective is to get a reward and get prestige for themselves 
and taking glory that belongs to God, taking it for themselves. And so what happens is they will come in and they will say, I have this office. I am therefore carrying authority to speak into your life and expect certain types of rewards. That's the, that's the era of Balaam. Mm. Now, next week we'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll build, I'll build on this and I'll take scripture because I, let me, let me tell you a little story. Years and years ago, I got hold of this document and I'll share it with you next week in the next podcast where this guy spoke about all of this stuff. This is where I got the idea from. Okay. In the, in the eighties. And I've been, I've been wrestling with this in the, since the eighties. <laughs> And I'm finally coming to terms with it. But what he did was, because his ministry was very much into the deliverance ministry, I never had that this resource readily available. So he was able to, to look at root spirits and identify them back into the scriptures. And when he would deal with root spirits, he would be able to, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you know some of them, for example, um, let me see here. For example, the spirit of Balaam, the sin that you can associate with the spirit of Balaam in the world or in a new age environment is that of a soothsayer, yeah? uh, divination, um, automatic handwriting, horoscopes, tarot cards, palm reading, crystal balls, a Ouija board. That's where you get that. Now, this is what comes from him. Yep. And I used to rack my brains. I said, where does he get this information yeah. from? Now, obviously, he gets it from per, uh, direct evidence from his ministry. Then I'm reading a book of, of Cindy Trim, Rules of Engagement, and she's got simographs and charts. And I'm thinking, because I don't uh, have an out-and-out deliverance ministry, yeah, I'm not, I don't have that uh, recourse to experience. So what, yeah. I, what I've gone and done is I've gone into the Word of God, and so I've built up a weapons platform of the spirit of Balaam using Scripture. And so, for example, someone operating in the spirit of Balaam, you're looking at an adulterous type of person, harlotry. These are words, scriptural words associated. Um, behavioral practices, like, for example, they, they, they just cannot cease sinning. Um, they, 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 their target, they're always, they're always there to entice souls. Mm. Now, just looking at that, you yep. can, you, you'll, you'll notice that is the complete opposite to what you are supposed to be doing as a disciple. You are commissioned to go out and disciple and tell everyone about what Jesus has taught you. Hmm. And this is exactly what they do. Yeah. And it's that duplication. Now you say, where do I get this from? 2 Peter 2. Having eyes full of adultery, they cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. This is out of NK, the New King James Version. Yep. They have a heart trained in covetous practices, accursed children. They forsake the, the right way and have gone astray. So these guys have been in the right way. Yeah, and, and have gone forsaken astray. it, yeah. Following the way of Balaam. It's right there. It's right there. And so what I've done is I've built up this picture of what this weapons platform actually looks like and how it operates and comes into your life. Um, Revelation 2.14. Nevertheless, I have a few things to say against you. You have, you have some people there who are clinging to the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak to set a trap and a stumbling block before the sons of Israel to entice them to eat food that has been sacrificed to idols and to, and, and to practice lewdness, giving themselves up to sexual vice. 
next verse of scripture attaches a new name to that, the Nicolaitans. Yeah. Now, I'll guarantee you, I'll guarantee you, if, if we can trace these teachings, a lot of the teachings that you are finding here mentioned in the Bible, mentioned in the New Testament letters addressing specific um, doctrinal errors trying to creep into the church that the devil's trying to throw into the church, you will find those self-same doctrines, false doctrines, that you are currently fighting against with apologetics. Yeah. How can I not be like God? Yeah. What made God God? You know, how, how, how is he God? How can he be called good when he does this? And Exactly. Yeah. And it's the same argument Satan used before the creation of the world. Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 20. The same argument. So, no so what you're saying is, once we know this, it's just going to be easy. Like, it's just the same stuff. <laughs> right? It's, it's, a, it's no worries. Uh, let me say this. Okay. All right. Let me say this. Going back to old man Sun Tzu, uh, if you know genius. yourself and you know the enemy, you will not have to worry about the outcome of battle. Uh-huh. Um, the battle will still be difficult. The, the, the attack against you, you will still feel it. Ramming and, against the shields. Ramming against the shields. Ramming against your mind. You, you will still have the accusation coming at you. Those old paths, those three avenues that he's going to hit you, the body, the soul, and the spirit, your susceptibilities, he's still going to smash in at you at those areas. And so you are still going to have to hold up your shield and stand. For example, why does Jesus say to you, count it all joy when people say all manner of evil things about you for my name's sake? Because it means you must be doing something right. Well, you are doing something right. But how do you feel when someone comes and falsely accuses you because you're standing up for Jesus? I feel good. Really? Well, I, I know that I feel good, but I don't know whether I feel good. You don't feel good. Your emotions take a hit. Yeah. Your mind goes all over the place. You have to control your mind because it goes swings from rejection to rebellion. Yeah, you want to smash the person. You want to curl up in a ball and run away from the things of God. You wanna... Your emotions are all up and yeah. down the place, and that's where you have to know. Okay, this is an attack. That's true. What do I do with this attack? How do I handle this weapon? That's what weapons training is for. Okay, good. <laughs> it becomes easier to handle. Uh, the the impact on the emotions and the mind is still it's still there. You, you you have one set of emotions. You have one mind. It's still the same, you know. But you'll be able to understand it. Yeah. And you're able to handle it, and you'll be able to stand through it, and know that as you have stood against the the the, the, the attack, and then have stood after the attack, Ephesians. Once you have humbled yourself with the Lord, resist the devil, he will flee from you. You will gain the victory. Good. <laughs> Good. Good. Let's do it. Let's get into it. Another how many? Three hours podcast? We're going <laughs> to just extend it. I think we're going to finish up here, guys. But that's, I guess, a bit of a introduction. Introduction. So that's what we'll be covering over the next couple of weeks. I don't know how yeah. long this is going to go for. Yeah. We, we're going to, next, next week, we'll look at. Um, Balaam, Cain, and uh, a bit of Korah. Those specifics. Just those specifics. And then we'll start looking in at some weapons. Okay, cool. 
All right, well, thanks for being with us this week, guys. Again, we'd love to hear questions and feedback, so head on over to www.life-house.net and leave us comments, thoughts, questions, encouragement. Encouragement <laughs> is good. Um, whatever you feel like, just we'd love to get in touch with you. Yeah, yeah. if, if there's a whole lot of questions coming in, we will have a Q&A session. Yeah, which, which would be interesting. But yeah, thanks, guys, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>